Welcome, friends. I'm Rev. Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for February 8, 2024. Today's Old Testament lesson is from 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 26 to 40. From good to bad. Also, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, rebelled against the king. He was one of Solomon's officials, an Ephraimite from Zerida, and his mother was a widow named Zeruah. Here is the account of how he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the terraces and had filled in the gap in the wall of the city of David his father. Now Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of the tribes of Joseph. About that time, Jeroboam was going out of Jerusalem, and Ahijah, the prophet of Shiloh, met him on the way, wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone out in the country, and Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing, and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you ten tribes. But for the sake of my servant David and the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, he will have one tribe. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Moloch, the god of the Ammonites, and have not walked in obedience to me, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my decrees and laws as David, Solomon's father, did. But I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees. I will take the kingdom from his son's hands and give you ten tribes. I will give one tribe to his son, so that David my servant may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you, and walk in obedience to me, and do what is right in my eyes, by obeying my decrees and commands, as David my servant did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and will give Israel to you. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam fled to Egypt, to Shishak the king and stayed there until Solomon's death. New International Version People were originally created by a good God for the purpose of goodness. After forming the first people, Adam and Eve, God looked at humanity and said that it was very good. Yet even though we all have been created good, that which is bad entered the world by means of the devil. And ever since that time, people in every era have struggled between their inherent design and their innate desires for something different. Even King Solomon, 
with all of his great and God-given wisdom, eventually drifted into the bad. He succumbed to allowing other gods to come alongside the worship of the one true God, and there were consequences to those choices. Sin is a word that isn't much used anymore. On the one hand, this is okay, since the term has been much abused by many a misguided preacher. Yet, on the other hand, it's a word which needs to be recovered, so that we will learn to avoid the bad and live into our good as image-bearers of God. As the head of all Israel and Judah, Solomon had a grand kingdom. His father David was a man after God's own heart. So God established a covenant with David that there would always be one of his descendants on the throne. Solomon followed in his father's footsteps and expanded the borders of Israel, bringing a level of prosperity and wealth never seen before or since. And yet, either despite or because of Solomon's wild success, bits of disobedience began to occur. Perhaps Solomon simply rested on his own laurels, or maybe he could not envision anything other than ongoing abundance. But for whatever reason, King Solomon started gravitating toward having more than he needed and ignored the instructions given to the people by God. Deuteronomy 17 verses 16 to 17 says, The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them. For the Lord has told you, you are not to go back that way again. He must not take many wives, or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. <clears throat> and that is precisely what happened. Solomon had 700 wives, that is, women of royal birth, and 300 concubines, that is, women of common origin. And all those women served a variety of gods in a cornucopia of religious practices some of which were downright inhumane and unjust. None of us are immune from falling into the guilt and shame of disobedient sin. For Solomon, this had the consequence of having the kingship almost completely ripped from his descendants to another man's, Jeroboam. Individuals, institutions, and nations have the potential for both great good as well as heinous evil. When anyone begins to be concerned only for themselves and rests on their success instead of the Lord, they have set up themselves for a collapse through the displeasure of God. Stories of people who topple into sin are all close to the same. Having some power, they use it to assert control over another person or group to obtain whatever they want. King Solomon violated God's law. Not only that, but when he saw his control threatened, he sought to kill Jeroboam. Perhaps Solomon thought he was above all this, and believed he could do whatever he wanted, but he couldn't. Sin causes us to sell out our principles. Sin only begets more sin until we deal with it. Sin will always distort the truth so that we minimize the impact of our words, choices, and actions. 
Truth celebrates openness and honesty. Sin seeks the shadows and prizes secrecy. The first step to dealing with sin is not to minimize it, ignore it, or pretend it isn't a big deal. If we do not go down this path of truth, then we will be forever encrusting our lives with ways of ensuring that no one ever knows the sinful secrets. In fact, much of religious legalism is nothing more than a person piling on the rules in order for others to not see the sin that hides deep within. In Christianity, turning from the sin and receiving the grace of forgiveness in Jesus Christ is the true and real path to spiritual wholeness, happiness, and success in life. Results that satisfy us do not necessarily satisfy God. Solomon accomplished what he wanted, some of it very good, some of it very bad. The good was celebrated, and the bad was covered up. Yet God sees all of it, celebrating with us the good, but not going with us down the path of self-indulgent sin. We cannot simply assume that because we do something, and there was no immediate lightning strike, that it was okay. It does not matter if it happened yesterday, last month, or 20 years ago. If we did not deal with the sin, God is not satisfied because he wants to dispense grace. Love in a flourishing soul cannot happen if we keep putting things out of sight, out of mind. To only satisfy ourselves is being a spiritual cannibal who eats other people alive. Outward success and abundance means little to God if the inward state of leadership is, is a vacuous soul, bereft of authentic spiritual connection, with no determination toward God's intentions for a particular course of action. Sin is not simply something to be managed. It is to be put to death through the cross of Christ and applied to life through intentional spiritual practices meant to genuinely connect with God. For the Christian to do less is to wander into a morass of consequences that damage others, not to mention harming ourselves. So let's do the work of soul care so that the common good of all will thrive in the grace of God in Christ. God, you have given all peoples one common origin. It is your will that they be gathered together as one family in yourself. Fill the hearts of humanity with the fire of your love and with the desire to ensure justice for all. By sharing the good things you give us, may we secure an equality for all, our brothers and sisters throughout the world. May there be an end to division strife and war. May there be a dawning of a truly human society built on love and peace. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.